Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome to another episode of EAC Speaks. I'm your host, Eddie, and we're excited for today's episode because we have none other than Joyce Hampton, one of my guests for today, and we're going to get into a lot of good topics. But before we bring in Joyce, I definitely wanted to let you know about EAC Speaks. So for EAC Speaks, we'll be talking to a host of different people, gathering input about HIV, not only in Arkansas, but across the country, but specifically in Arkansas. So without further ado, I want Joyce to introduce herself. Joyce, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Hi, hi everybody. Thank you, Eddie, for that uh, that wonderful pre-introduction. Uh, my name is Joyce Hampton. I work with engaging Arkansas communities. Um, I have worked with, I've been an advocate um, in the HIV community since 2015. Um, I've worked with several organizations uh, and groups is from personal um, standpoints to government, you know, changing laws and speaking to uh, government officials about the laws concerning uh, individuals in the HIV community. Um, I am an Arkansan. I've been here all my life, except for a brief moment. I moved to Georgia at one point. Um, I'm a mother of three, grandmother of two, and I love life, and I love people and helping people, and I work with EAC and other individuals advocating to make Arkansas a better place for all, but especially for persons living with HIV. Absolutely. And I love the history of going back and working and being able to help people. So that's also one of my life's missions. So we share that in common. Now, before when we spoke, we talked a lot about traveling and going to different places. Can you tell me how was that feeling of attending different conferences, trainings, different meetings and stuff like that? Oh, it's it's. It's a, a wonderful, enlightening experience. Um, I've been to positive living conferences, um, the Grace Project in Texas. Um, there were, oh, I'm trying to remember the one in California. Um, but I've did several, and I enjoy meeting other advocates and people living with HIV that are advocating. We um, come together to be a voice for everyone and for the people who feel they don't have a voice for themselves, but they do. We just have to help them realize that, you know, it, it takes it takes more, you know, a village. It takes a little bit more sometimes to help other people who may not understand what uh, we go through in everyday life and how much life um, as far as certain things that are set up in the world are not catered to people of our needs. We have certain needs that need to be met and that should be met 
that are slightly different. Some are not, but we just have to bring awareness to um, those topics to our government officials, city, uh, whether it be city or state, uh, and other people in different agencies who may not understand because a lot of times people who aren't living with HIV still, they may be working in the community, but they still may not understand, you know, from the right standpoint. You know, you can help me along the way, but until you actually wear my shoes for a moment, you really can't fully understand. Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned earlier about the voices and having the voices there to represent the community. And for so long, um, the focus in the HIV community was around um, different populations, but the voice of the Black woman was something that we did not hear. So I definitely commend you for speaking up and being so um, vocal about your HIV status and also advocating. And one of the groups that we know that you've worked with is the Positive Women's Network, affectionately known as PWN. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes, um, PWN um, is a, a, a group of ladies. No, well, it's a very large group because we're nationally known. Um, we have women and women of trans experience in every uh, area of the country, uh, even Hawaii. <laughs> yes. um, and we come together, not all at the same time because that's a little difficult. Um, we're getting a little better now um, that COVID is not as bad. We were um, getting together at conferences in person more before COVID got, um, you know, to the extreme. Um, but we were still involved in, um, of course, the <laughs> computer world and Zoom. Thank goodness for that. And we mm -hmm. could still see each other um, because we need that support um, mentally and emotionally. Uh, I think a lot of people felt a little caged because, you know, everything was so restricted and shut down and you couldn't do this, you couldn't go there. Um, but PWN, like I said, we advocate um, for persons living with HIV and to make this world a better place as far as the laws that govern us and to uh, help with resources um, and to just be a family to help one another. If I can't help you, maybe I can extend my hand to another resource that can. And we're always coming up with um, new ideas or new things to do as far as um, in the HIV community to help with making our lives better and easier. Because we also, you know, we always have a lot going on everyone um, in their own life but you know when you're a person living with HIV you have that extra added <laughs> stress level at times um, and everybody um, handles their situation differently and it's, it's received a little better when you are dealing with people who understand that 
Yes. And so being someone who is living um, openly and thriving openly with your HIV status, can you tell me what is it like for you personally to live openly? Does it help you to be able to help other people or is it something else? Um, <laughs> I like that something else part. <laughs> yeah, it is something else, but um, it also, it, it goes back to, yes, it's helping people. Being more open, that means I'm, you know, you have to start with self. Like I said in the beginning, it wasn't that easy for me either. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, from the beginning, they were, you know, like, okay with it. I, myself, (laughs) unfortunately was not. Um, I was in denial for a while. Of course, you know, that's, I'm human. That's one of the things that goes along with it. Um, And, you know, once I started to, you know, I I always loved myself, but, you know, you, most people and I did self-stigmatize myself a lot um, and then you know trying to get used to living slightly different because of like I said the way um, the world is set up and being open for me in the beginning wasn't you know uh, an option for me I had relatives and friends that knew um, and still not all but being open as far as the public and I was advocating but advocating out loud for people living with HIV um, was a lot different for me at that time I was still um, I guess you could say a little shy Uh, but now that's over with (laughs) she's back she's out (laughs) I um don't mind standing up for myself which I never have minded that part but I still stand up for myself and more people as each week goes on you you know it's like you learn something new every day I still learn new things every day um, as far as the HIV community and just living um, and I also along the way meet new people with new or interesting situations and we have to learn how to adjust and cope and I do my best to help people with those issues on a daily basis. Yes. So let's talk about Arkansas for a moment. Um, You mentioned speaking up and advocating for those of us for those folks who may not even want to disclose their status for whatever particular reason it is. Why do you feel that it's important that we normalize conversations around HIV in Arkansas? It's important um, because when you look at normalization, it's to return to a normal standard uh, condition or a normal state. And that could mean something different for everyone. But um, you just have to try to conform and group together to uh, you have to adjust, adapt, alter, however you want to say, change, modify, not yourself, but maybe the way you accept certain things or handle certain situations. Um, because, like I said, it's like a we're like a huge melting pot when it came comes to like PWN. It's you know it's, it's an inspired global network. 
But like I said, when I went to all these conferences before and when we spoke, at first I wasn't seeing anyone from Arkansas. And I said, I know I'm not the only one. Um, but as time went on, I would meet a couple of other people. And we just have to um, look at, you know, our state as far as putting us out there and letting them know that, hey, we have similar or the same situations um, that other states do, but just they had more people advocating openly, um, you know, besides statewide um, for persons living with uh, HIV. And um, there's another part of that. Now, I am almost seeing it. <laughs> so I'm a, a Black woman aging with HIV. And so besides just living and thriving with it, you know, I want to also help other persons, long-term survivors, and, you know, people with me with not so many years, but, you know, to make sure that, 10 years from now 15 years from now we're long term survivors also mm-hmm. and and you know and still are you know thriving and, and um, living in society as normal as you know can possibly be to where yeah. you don't feel that you're different because we're not different we're still no. the same people we were before and that's what we have to get the rest of society to understand because people fear what they don't understand Mm -hmm. and there's no need to fear you know if you knew me you were my classmate or you were a family member I'm still the same Joyce Mm -hmm. my voice is a lot louder but I'm still the same Joyce (laughs) and so they just have to you know adjust and adapt and just I'm normal so you act normal That's, that's, that's another problem it's like we live in a norm and we thrive in a norm but it's like society around us it's like they go into a corner or a a deep shell all you have to do is be normal just live your life yeah we can all still coincide now and in the future just like we have in the past yes definitely mentioned getting out there and getting information out there to folks and so I know you're working with engaging Arkansas communities. And um, I want to know, what are some of the things that you do in order to get the information out there in your role with um, EAZ? Okay, as my uh, in my role as a community healthcare worker, I um, help clients um, to get resources um we also have a transportation department to get them to appointments because some people um just may not have the option or don't want people to know yet and it's more of a comfort to know that I can get to this appointment without everybody knowing what I'm there for you know for fear of someone disclosing my status for me or disclosing my business for me um which is also another disheartening uh setback for most people because until you're ready to i guess you say come out yourself it you know it's it's kind of a roadblock for someone to do it for you you know you they they don't give you 
um, they take your choices away. But we help people with resources, um, support groups. I um, do testing and counseling with my coworkers in different areas, whether it's a health fair or whether it's a smaller setting. Um, as far as you know, to get awareness out that we hand out um, reading material, we hand out condoms, um, and we talk, we converse with the public, persons uh, living with HIV and non, just to get the awareness out there. Because if you don't know someone who is positive, you may meet someone who's positive, or you may be around someone who's positive and you not even know because they're not ready to disclose to you. Or, you know, and just like with handing out the condoms, a lot of times we'll be like, oh, I don't need that. But okay, our approach to that is you may know someone who does. Mm-hmm. A younger person or uh, a relative that is sexually active. And we're trying our best to help Arkansas to be aware and to live healthy sexual lives. Mm-hmm. And, um, the help in the sense, I'm sorry, that you living with HIV. Why do you think it's important that we do have support for people living with HIV, whether it's a support group or community health worker, um, just someone to talk to? Why is it important to have that support? It's important because, um, it helps a person mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually thrive because if you're stressed which can derive from your mental your spiritual or your emotional aspect your physical aspect is going to start declining and that's the last thing a person living with HIV needs to have happen is their health to start declining and if your health is declining then you're really worrying about that so stress you know is one of our worst enemies <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and when I say physically if you're okay every, every day is not going to be okay but if you're happy with the majority I'll say 80% of your life your mental your physical your mental and emotional is gonna be more positive interacting with your physical. Because if you're in treatment and you're fine, uh, you're on your medications and you're visiting your doctor and keeping your regimen going like that to stay healthy. And then you you know, you get to a status where you're um, undetectable, untransmittable. Okay, you can count, you know, you can consider all is well right now because when you're undetectable untransmittable you can't harm anyone that's what they normally fear um and we have women couples having babies Mm -hmm. 25 years ago that was unheard of 20 years ago that was unheard of Mm -hmm. you know it was a fear they were instilling in women and, and married couples or couples uh shouldn't get pregnant basically you know it's like no that's a no-no because your, your child won't be healthy 
your child won't make it. And that's another thing to give somebody else to worry about. That's disheartening, especially for someone who doesn't even have children. Um, and, you know, children keep you happy and healthy. And that's just the next step in life continuing. Yeah. And um, a lot of things have changed. It's HIV is not a death sentence. And that's what we have to continue to work together and show the world and show our Kansans that everything is okay. As long as a person who's aware of what they need to do and have to do. And if we have to be that that bridge to help them get to that point, help them find the resources, like, I can't find this, and where do I go to do this? And it's, it's a... Uh, it's a relief, I would say, mm-hmm. to, to the majority of people that I know, to know that they have help. Because that's the main thing. A lot of people are like, I, I don't know what to do and I don't have help. But if you know where to go or you can get information from somebody else, well, here, go on this website um, and contact these people. You know, that's, that's, a, that's a relief to know that you have some answers, you know, some resolutions that you can, you know, achieve. And then that's just one less thing you have to worry about. Yes. And as you mentioned, the resources, so shameless plug to engagingarkansas.org. So if you need resources, definitely plug in there. Exactly. (laughs) We also send out, um, well, along with our testing on site, we will if you go on the site, we have a condom club and we issue condoms periodically to people who request them. And we also have where you can, um, the option where you can request at home tests if you don't want to come to our office or to one of the sites where we're at um, and want to be tested, we will send them to your house. I think those are definitely ways that we're working to end the HIV epidemic in the United States, but more specifically in Arkansas, since that's our home. So it's our um, duty as advocates in order to get out the good news of all of the things that organizations are doing in Arkansas. So thank you again for that part. Now, we know that working as an advocate is tough stuff, okay? It doesn't come easy. It's not for the faint of heart. But we, I wanted to kind of get like a work-life balance conversation in this because we know that you're doing the work. We know that you're putting it in. But tell me, what does self-care look like for you on the opposite end of advocacy? What does self-care look like? Personally, for me, self-care... Um, most people look at self-care as like I know a lot of women and I, I usually do pick a certain day of the week most of the time it's Sunday because you're off work self-care um, is doing something for yourself whether it's at home facials going to a facility to get a facial uh, massages that's, ther- that's therapy um, even if it's just going to get a pedicure, a manicure. You know, males and females do that. That's 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 not just a luxury. That's a necessity. You need to do things for yourself. If it's nothing but 
just go out and sit and meditate if that's what you have to do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, just, you know, get back in touch with yourself. Whatever chaotic has went on through the week or that day, that does not have to define you. Self-care is taking care of yourself. And that's your mental, your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual. Being at one and happy within yourself. And then that'll just come out. Absolutely. I love me some self-care, baby. I'm telling you, it's, (laughs) it's wonderful. It is. So tell me this. What are some of your passions outside of HIV advocacy? What is it that Joyce likes to do? I love being with my family, um, my kids, my grandkids, uh, my dad. I love being around my family, relatives. I love getting together. I love to cook, and they like for me to cook. <laughs> so, um, and I like to travel. Haven't been able to do much of that. Uh, in the last year and a half but I do like to travel I like to see new things and uh, new places do new you know things you know something make memories something to look back on later on in life yes we definitely have that in common because I also love to have little kickbacks and sit around and chit chat yeah Um, now I don't cook as much Joyce I'm gonna tell you that (laughs) But I'll come kick it at your house when you cook. <laughs> yeah, I love to cook. Um, but you know, the, you know, the kickbacks, the the, the the barbecues, the well, let's go to the beach or let's get a boat ride. That, that kind of stuff. Being involved in interaction with other people, it helps. That's therapy. That's also self care. That's therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like you know the be private and at home sometimes but sometimes you, you need to interact with other people mm-hmm. I believe that I truly do believe that and one of the ways that I keep a positive outlook is that interaction with people because folks may be going through things and I may have enough of my own little magic or my own little what do they call it happiness to share Mm -hmm. so when I can do that for other folks and when folks do that for me that's how I work in order to keep a positive outlook so what about you is that being with your family and cooking and stuff like that yeah yeah it is um it's like you know like what you just said your happy place you know that's my happy mojo I like seeing other people happy if I'm if they're happy then I'm happy you know because you you don't have the, the tension and, you know, and everybody's just relaxed and they're laughing and they're having a good time. Or even if it's just sitting and watching a movie, you know, just something as a family. I know everyone doesn't have family, but if you have family, life is so short and it's getting even shorter. You know, things happen and you don't want the last time that you see or talk to someone to have been some harsh words or a bad feeling um, because once another person is gone for whatever reason you can't take back what you said you know you can say you're sorry but you know it's sometimes when some stuff is so definite and then you can't say anything to that person and then you're left with that that hole that void um, so I, I feel making memories and being with friends or family or, or your your pets just something mm. that you know 
brings you to a happy medium within yourself and within the world. Yes. Just, you don't spoke a word on today, but <laughs> I want to give you the chance to give any parting words before we wrap up. Okay. I would, um, if I was to sit down talking to an individual or a group of people, uh, like I said, life is short. And everybody always, I'm living my best life, but I'm living my life to the fullest. But however you 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 define that, as long as you make sure you're living and not just existing, because there is a difference. Um, and do what makes you happy, uh, because you can't please everyone. You won't ever be able to please everyone. But the one you can please is yourself. I didn't say make anybody else miserable <laughs> while you do that, but. You have to make yourself happy because if you're not happy, no one around you is gonna be happy. And and that's that's not a very good feeling. You know how sometimes I'm an empath. You pick up on people's feelings and it's just, <laughs> sometimes it's draining. <laughs> and um, I just would advise people to just be happy because you never know, you know, what the next moment holds. And just you know take each day at a time sometimes you can make plans and sometimes you can't you have to just not say wing it but just you know just take it one day at a time just don't try to shoot 50 days ahead just work with the two days in front of you right now and just take it slow and then do it right yes I think what my um, family always taught me play the cards you are dealt so Joyce that is wonderful words to leave us on a wonderful note i want to thank you a million times again for joining us today on eac speaks it has been such a pleasure you're welcome and it's been a pleasure being with you today too yes and if you want to be a guest on eac speaks make sure you email us at info at engagingarkansas.org Check out engagingarkansas.org online for any of the services that you may see. And stay tuned for the next episode of EAC Speaks. I'm your host, Eddie, and we're out. The EAC Speaks podcast is partially supported by the Arkansas Department of Health through a grant funded in part by the CDC. All discussion is solely the responsibility of each participant and doesn't necessarily represent the official views of engaging Arkansas communities, the Arkansas Department of Health, CDC, or the U.S. government.